9. Education but the rope broke when the descent was hardly half completed. The old lady had related the incident with increasing animation, and at this critical point in the narrative she burst forth, and I declare, when that rope broke, I just knew I was going to be killed. Sure, sermon the aged colored clergyman, who made up in enthusiasm what he lacked in education, preached a sermon on the verse of the psalm, Awake, psaltery and harp, I myself will awake right early. The explanation of the words, which preceded the exhortation, was as follows, Awake, peasaltry and ape, I myself will awake early. These year Sam was wrote by the prophet Moses. Moses was mighty fond o' playing on the ha'ape all the day long, and at night when he went to bed he'd hang up the ha'ape on the limb of a peasel tree what grew on the outside o' the window, and in the morning, when the sun would get up and shine in his face, he'd jump out o' bed, and exclaim, Wake, peasel tree and ha'ape, I myself will awake early, scapegoat cousin Willie, aged ten, came for a visit to Johnny, aged twelve. Johnny's mother directed him to take the visitor out to play with his boyfriends in the neighborhood, and be sure to have lots of fun, she added, on the return of the boys, Willie, the guest, appeared somewhat downcast, but Johnny was radiant, did you have a good time, his mother asked, boldly, Johnny answered, and lots of fun, oh, yes, but Willie doesn't look very happy, Johnny's mother said doubtfully, well, you see, Johnny answered, beaming, the rest of us, we had our fun with Willie, sheep and goats the little girl was deeply impressed by the clergyman's sermon as to the separation of the sheep and the goats, that night after she had gone to bed, she was heard sobbing, and the mother went to her, to ask what was the matter, it's about the goats, Jenny confessed at last, I'm so afraid I am a goat, and so I'll never go to heaven, oh, I'm so afraid I'm a goat, my dear, the mother assured her awaking child, you're a sweet little lamb, if you were to die tonight, you would go straight to heaven, her words were successful in quieting the little girl, and she slept, but the following night Jenny was found crying again in her bed, and when her mother appeared she wailed, I'm afraid about the goats, but mother has told you that you are a little lamb, and that you must never worry over being a goat, Jenny, however, was by no means comforted, and continued her sobs, yes, mama, she declared sadly, I know that, but I'm afraid awful afraid you're a goat. Shiftlessness the shiftless man, who preferred reading to a labor, closed the book on French history, which he had been perusing with great interest, and addressed his wife. Do you know, Mary, he asked impressively, what I would have done if I had been in Napoleon's place? Certainly, the wife snapped. You'd have settled right down on a farm in Corsica, and let it run itself. Shipwreck the new member of the club listened with solemn interest to the various stories that were told in the smoking room. They were good stories, and obviously lies, and each of them was a bigger lie than any that had gone before. Finally, the company insisted that the new member should relate a tale. He refused at first, but under pressure yielded, and gave a vivid account of a shipwreck at sea during one of his voyages. He described the stress of the terrible situation with such power that his hearers were deeply impressed. He reached the point in his account where only the captain and himself and half a dozen others were left aboard the doomed vessel, after the last of the boats had been lowered, and then, he concluded, a vast wave came hurtling down on us, it was so huge that it shut out all the sky, it crashed over the already sinking ship in a torrent of irresistible force, under that dreadful blow the laboring vessel sank, and all those left on board of her were drowned, 
The narrator paused and there was a period of tense silence, but presently someone asked, And you what became of you? Oh, I, was the reply. Why I was drowned with the rest of them. Slander the businessman's wife, who had called at his office, regarded the pretty young stenographer with a baleful eye. You told me that your typewriter was an old maid, she accused, the husband, at a loss, faltered in his reply, but at last contrived, yes, but she's sick today, and sent her grandchild in her place. Slavery a traveler in the south chatted with an aged negro, whom he met in the road, and I suppose you were once a slave, he remarked, yes, sha, the old colored man answered, and, so, after the war, you gained your freedom. The gentleman continued, but the ancient one shook his head sadly. Mumbersha, he declared with great emphasis. Not perzactly. Sha, I didn't get my freedom. Sha, after the war I done got married. Smells an argument arose among a number of British officers during their time of service in the Dardanelles, and wagers were made among them. The question at issue was as to which smells the louder, a goat or a Turk. The colonel was made arbiter. He sat judicially in his tent, and a goat was brought in. The colonel fainted, after the officer had been revived, and was deemed able to continue his duty as referee. A Turk was brought into the tent, the goat fainted, social uplift the somewhat unpleasant person, who was a social worker, completed her call on a dweller in the tenement district, and rose to depart. The unwilling hostess shook her head at the visitor's promise to come again, and excuse me if I don't return the call, she vouchsafed, myself, I've got no time to go slumming. The philanthropic hostess entertained a party of children from the slums at her home. She addressed one particularly pretty and intelligent-looking little girl, who listened shyly. She urged the child to speak without embarrassment. The little one complied, aspiring, How many children have you? Six. The hostess answered, in surprise, What a big family. You must be sure to look after them properly, and be very careful to keep them clean. I'll try to. Certainly. The lady declared. Much amused, has your husband got a job? The girl demanded crisply. Well, Mumber, the hostess admitted, how unfortunate. You know you must keep out of debt. Really, you must not be impertinent, was the reproof. Mumber man, the child responded simply. Mother said I must talk like a lady, and that's the way the ladies talk when they come to see us. Spanking back in those days when corporal punishment was permitted to teachers. A minor teacher named Miss Bings complained to one of her superiors, Miss Manners, that she had spanked one particular boy, Thomas, until she could spank him no more for physical fatigue. When you want him spanked again, send him to me, Miss Manners said. Next morning, Thomas came into the presence of Miss Manners, displaying an air that was downcast. The teacher regarded him with suspicion. Did you come from Miss Bings? She asked sharply. Yes, ma'am. Thomas admitted, I thought as much, on the instant, she skillfully inverted the youngster over her lap, and whacked him in a most spirited manner, the duty done, as the wailings of the boy died away, she demanded sternly, and now what have you to say, please, ma'am, Thomas answered brokenly, Miss Bing swants the scissors, speed in the business college, the instructor addressed the new class concerning the merits of shorthand, in his remarks, he included the statement, it is a matter of record that it took the poet Gray seven years to write his famous poem, Elegy in a Country Churchyard. Had he been proficient in stenography, he could have done it in seven minutes. We have had students who have written it in that length of time. 
the young lady interested in botany inquired of the gentleman who had been traveling in the south. What sort of a plant is the Virginia creeper? That is not a plant, was the answer. Given wearily, it's a railroad. Spelling some time before Mr. Taft became president of the United States, he took an extended trip in the mountains of West Virginia. On one occasion, he was conveyed along the mountain roads in a buggy driven by a native of the region. As they came to a small stream, Mr. Taft, without any particular interest, inquired concerning the brook's name. So far as he could understand, the answer was, this here are swum swum creek. What? Mr. Taft demanded, in the repetition. The words sounded like, this here are swivel creek. The questioner was so puzzled that he asked the mountaineer how the name of the creek was spelled. The natives spat tobacco juice reflectively over the wheel, and then spoke judicially, Vol. Some spells it one way, and some spells it another way, but in my judgment far are no proper way. The clerk of the court directed the witness to spell his name. The man started his reply thus, double, 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 the clerk interrupted, please, begin again. The witness complied jailably, double, 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 the clerk groaned. The judge himself intervened, what is your name? Your honor, it is Ottilwood. I spell it, double, 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 double. Spinsterhood the old colored mammy took advantage of a wedding announcement to question her mistress who remained a spinster still though approaching middle age. When is you going to get married, Missy? I don't know. Mammy, was the thoughtful reply. Really, I don't think I'll ever get married. A note of sadness in the speaker's voice moved the old woman to attempt philosophical consolation. Well, they do say as how lay maids and the happiest kind after they quit struggling. Spite the faithful old employee asked for a day off. The request was granted with an inquiry as to what he intended to do on his holiday. I think, came the cautious answer, I shall go to my wife's funeral. She died the other day. A few weeks later, the request for a day off was repeated. And what are you going to do this time? The employer asked. I think, Mamma, I'll get married. What? So soon after burying your wife? The faithful old employee smiled tolerantly, as he answered, Oh, well, I was never one to hold spite. Sportsmanship in the party out after Reed Birds was a tyro at the sport. When at last he saw one of the birds walking about, he plumped down on his stomach, and took aim. A companion called to him sharply, You're not going to shoot the bird while it's walking? Mumber, was the firm response, I'll wait till it stops. Spring the teacher talked on the four seasons, telling how in the spring the new life comes to the earth, with the growth of grasses and leaves and flowers, how this life matures in summer, and so on and so on. Then she called on the class to repeat the information she had given. She asked one little boy about spring. What do we find in the spring? George. George seemed very reluctant to answer. But when the teacher insisted he at last said, Why? Man, there's a frog, and a lizard, and a snake, and a dead cat. But I didn't put the cat there. It was another boy. Stammering on the occasion of a most interesting family event. Mr. Peeble, who desired a son paced the drawing room in extreme agitation, until at last the doctor appeared in the doorway. Oh, oh, tell me, he gasped. What is it a boy or a girl? Tr tr tr, the physician began stammeringly. Peeble paled. Triplets. Merciful providence. Qu qu qu, spluttered the doctor. Peeble paled some more. Quadruplets. He moaned. And and no. The physician snapped. Qu qu quite the contrary. Tr tr tried to take it qu quietly. 
it's a girl, style two old friends met, and immediately found that they were equally devoted to motoring, after a discussion of their various cars, one bethought himself to ask concerning the other's wife, whom he had never seen, that lady was described by her husband, as follows, 196 model, limousine so to say, heavy tread, runs on low, self-starter, you bet, Sunday school the young lady worker for the Sunday school called on the newly wedded pair, I am endeavoring to secure new scholars, she explained, won't you send your children, when she was informed that there were no children in the family as yet, she continued brightly, but won't you please send them when you do have them, the Sunday school teacher examined his new class, who made the world, he demanded, nobody seemed to know, he repeated the question somewhat sternly, as the silence persisted, he frowned and spoke with increased severity, children, I must know who made the world, then, at last, a small boy piped up in much agitation, oh, sir, please, sir, it wasn't me, Superman it is told of Mrs. Gladstone that a number of ladies in her drawing room once became engaged in earnest discussion of a difficult problem, it chanced that at the time the great prime minister was in his study upstairs, as the argument in the drawing room became hopelessly involved, a devout lady of the company took advantage of a lull to say, ah, well, there is one above who knows it all, Mrs. Gladstone beamed, yes, she said proudly, and William will be down directly to tell us all about it, superstition the superstitious sporting editor of the paper condemned the horse fair by Rosa Bonher, just look at those white horses, he exclaimed disgustedly, and not a red-headed girl in sight, suspense the passionate lover wrote to his enamorata as follows, adored of my soul, if you love me, wear a red rose in your corsage tonight at the opera, if my devotion to you is hopeless, wear a white rose, she wore a yellow rose, suspicion the eminent politicians of opposing parties met on a train, and during their chat discovered that they agreed concerning primaries, it is the first time, said one, that we had ever agreed on a matter of public policy, that is so, the other assent, the fact leads me to suspect that I am wrong, after all in this matter of the primaries, sympathy a tramp devised a new scheme for working on the sympathy of the housewife, after ringing the front door bell, he got on his knees, and began nibbling at the grass of the lawn, presently the woman opened the door, and, in surprise at sight of him on all fours, asked what he was doing there, the tramp got to his feet shockily, and made an eloquent clutch at his stomach as he explained, dear madam, I am so hungry that like Nebuchadnezzar I just had to take to eat in grass, well, well, now ain't that too bad, the woman cried, you go right into the backyard the grass there is longer, tact the senator from Utah was able to disarm by flattery the resentment of a woman at a reception in Washington, who upbraided him for that plurality of wives so dear to Mormon precept and practice, alas, madam, the senator declared with a touch of sadness in his voice, we are compelled in Utah to marry a number of wives, his fair antagonist was frankly surprised, what do you mean, she demanded, the senator explained suavely, we have to seek there in several women the splendid qualities that here are to be found in one, talking machine many a man who has suffered from tongue lashings at home will be moved to profound sympathy for the victim described as follows in a local news item of a country paper, Alice Jardine, a married woman, was charged with unlawfully wounding her husband, Charles Jardine, a laborer, by striking him with a pair of tongs, tar and feathers the victim of the Ku Klux Klan plucked some feathers from his neck with one hand, while he picked gingerly at the tar on his legs with the other, 
the excitement, he murmured, rose to a terrible pitch, but it soon came down. Taste a noted humorist once spent a few weeks with a tribe of Western Indians. On his return, he was asked concerning his experiences. One question was, did you ever taste any dog feast stew? Yes, was the melancholy reply. I tasted it twice once when it went down, and once when it came up. It's all a matter of taste, as the old lady said when she kissed the cow. The master of the house was hungry at breakfast, and swallowed a good part of his bacon before he tasted it. Then he took time to protest violently to his wife against the flavor of the food. The good lady offered no apology, but rang for the servant. When the latter appeared, the mistress asked a question that was little calculated to soothe her husband. Maggie, she inquired serenely, what did you do with the bacon we poisoned for the rats? Tears the kind lady stopped to tell the sobbing little girl not to cry, and she offered as a convincing argument, you know it makes little girls homely. The child stared belligerently at the benevolent lady, and then remarked, you must have cried an awful lot when you was young. Tender memories, please tell me. James, directed the young lady teacher, where shingles were first used, I could. Ma'am, little Jimmy replied in great embarrassment, but I'd rather not. Terminology when the bishop was entertained at an English country house. The butler coached carefully the new boy who was to carry up the jet of hot water for shaving in the morning. When you knock, the butler explained, and he asks, who's there? Then you must say, it's the boy, my lord, the lad, in much nervous trepidation, duly carried up the hot water, but in answer to the bishop's query as to who was at the door, he announced, it's the lord, my boy, the butler overheard and was horrified, he hammered into the youth's consciousness, the fact that a bishop must be addressed as my lord, finally, he was satisfied that the boy understood, and permitted him to assist in serving the dinner that night. The youngster was sent to the bishop to offer a plate of cheese. With shaking knees, he presented the dish to the prelate, and faltered, My God, will you have some cheese? The master of the house returned from business somewhat early. He did not find his wife about, and so called downstairs to the cook, Bridget, do you know anything of my wife's whereabouts? Mumber, sir. Bridget answered, Sure, I know nothing but I'm thinking, sir, it's likely they're in the wash. Testimony Paul Smith the famous hotel keeper in the Adirondacks, told of a lawsuit that he had with a man named Jones in Malone. It was this way, I sat in the courtroom before the case opened with my witnesses around me. Then Jones bustled in. He stopped abruptly, and looked my witnesses over carefully. Presently he turned to me. Paul, he asked, are those your witnesses? They are, I replied. Then you win, he exclaimed. I've had them witnesses twice myself. The grateful woman on the farm in Arkansas wrote to the vendors of the patent medicine, four weeks ago I was so run down that I could not spank the baby. After taking three bottles of your elegant elixir I am now able to thrash my husband in addition to my other housework. God bless you. In one of the most desolate areas of Montana, a claim was taken by a man from Iowa, the nearest neighbor, from twenty miles away, visited the homesteader's shack, and introduced himself. Where did you come from? The visitor inquired presently, and when he had been told, I can't understand why anybody should want to get out of that civilized country to come and live in this lonesomeness. Fact was, the man from Iowa explained somberly, I didn't exactly like it down there anymore. You see, it was this way. They got to telling things about me. Why, they even said I was a liar and hoss thief, and no better than I ought to be. And, by Jemima, 
I just pulled out and went right away from them scandalous folks. Well, I swan, the visitor exclaimed indignantly. You can bet I wouldn't leave a place for any reason like that. I'd make them prove what they said. The homesteader sighed dismally as he answered, That's just the trouble they did prove it. Threat the mother, who was a believer in strict discipline, sternly addressed her little daughter, who sat woefully shrinking in the dentist's chair as the ogre approached forceps in hand. Now, Letty, if you cry, I'll never take you to the dentist's again. Thrift a Scotchman was questioned by a friend, Mac. I hear ye have fallen in love W.I. Bonnie Kate McAllister. Weal. Sanders. Mac replied, I was near here and near doing it, but the bit lassie had nay siller, so I said to meself, Mac, be a Monday, and I was a Monday and knew I just pass her by. The thrifty housewife regarded her dying husband with stern disapproval as he moaned and tossed restlessly from side to side. William Henry, she rebuked him, you just needn't kick and squirm so, and wear them best sheets all out, even if you be a dying. Time flies the ardent lover heard the clock strike the hours first nine, then ten, then eleven, at the sound of twelve strokes. He burst forth passionately, how fleet are the hours in your presence. My beloved, don't be silly, the girl chided, that's not setting the clock. T.I.D. tat the prize bulldog attacked a farmer, who defended himself with a pitchfork, and in doing so killed the dog. The owner was greatly distressed, and reproached the farmer. Why didn't you use the other end of the fork? He demanded, and just beat him off. Without killing him, I would have. The farmer answered, if he had come at me with the other end. Tobacco the native want with pride to two doddering ancients hobbling painfully down the village street, and informed the stranger, them fellers is the deuce and bory twins 98 year old. The visitor was duly impressed, and asked to what the pair of venerable citizens attributed their long life. It's kind o' which and the other. The native confessed, Obadiah declares it's all along o' his chewin' and smokin' and snuffin' day in and day out, for nigh onto a hundred year, and Ebenezer declares he has his health because he never touched the filthy weed. Toilette details the little girl who had observed certain details in the toilette preparations of her elders, was observed by her mother at work over her most elaborate doll in a somewhat strange manner. Whatever are you trying to do with your doll, Mary? The mother asked, I'm just going to put her to bed. Mummy, the child replied seriously, I've taken off her hair, but I can't get her teeth out. Tongue an old lady in the London parish of the famous Dr. Gill made a nuisance of herself by constant interference in the affairs of others. As a gossip she was notorious. It appeared to her that the neckbands worn by the doctor were longer than was fitting. She therefore took occasion to visit the clergyman, and harangued him at length on the sinfulness of pride. Then she exhibited a pair of scissors and suggested that she should cut down the offending neckbands to a size fitting her ideas of propriety. The doctor listened patiently to her exhortation, and at the end offered her the neckbands on which to work her will. She triumphantly trimmed them to her taste, and returned the shorn remnants to the minister. And now, said the doctor, you must do me a good turn also, that I will. Doctor, the woman declared heartily, what can it be? Well, the clergyman explained. You have something about you which is a deal too long and which causes me and many others such trouble, that I should like to see it shorter. Indeed, dear doctor, I shall not hesitate to gratify you. What is it? See, here are the scissors. Use them as you please. Come, then, said the doctor. Good sister, put out your tongue. Treachery the Italian workman in the West was warned to look out for rattlesnakes. He was assured, however, 
that a snake would never strike until after sounding the rattles. One day, while seated on a log, eating his lunch, the Italian saw a rattlesnake coiled ready to strike. He lifted his legs carefully, with the intention of darting away on the other side of the log the moment the rattles should sound their warning. But just as his feet cleared the top of the log, the snake struck out and its fangs were buried in the wood only the fraction of an inch below the Italian's trousers. The frightened man fled madly, but he took breath to shriek over his shoulder, Son of a gun, why you know ring a bell? Treasure Tiarovi an old negro, who had almost attained the century mark, nearly blind, almost completely disabled, without friends, relations, or money, felt himself about to die and stealthily made his way into a farmer's barn, where he burrowed into the hay now. But the farmer had observed the man's entrance, and after getting his shotgun, he hurried to the barn. I got you, he cried savagely. Dog gone you, I got you. The moribund derelict thrust his black face from the mow, and showed his toothless gums in a grin, as he answered, and a great get you got. Trial the colored man was before the court, accused of horse stealing. The prosecuting attorney read the indictment sternly, and then asked, Are you guilty, or not guilty? The prisoner wriggled perplexedly, and then grinned propitiatingly as he said, Now, sha, boss, ain't dat perzactly de tin weas done gwine discut for in dees year trial? Triplets when the domestic event was due, the prospective father, being ordered out of the house, celebrated the occasion with many friends in a number of saloons. He celebrated so well that the clock was striking three in the morning when he entered the house. A nurse hurried to him, and did some wrappings that revealed three tiny faces. The father stared reproachfully at the clock in the hall, and then, again regarding his group of children, spoke earnestly, Oi not superstitious, but Oi thank heaven Oi didn't come home at twelve. Truth tellers the little girl evidently appreciated the fact that all men and women are liars. For Punch records the following as the dialogue between her and her mother when she had been caught in a fib. Mother, it is very naughty to tell untruths. Kitty, those who do so, never go to heaven. Kitty, don't you ever tell an untruth. Mummy, mother, mumber dear never. Kitty, well, you'll be fearfully lonely, won't you? With only George Washington? Typographical error the woman lecturing on dress reform was greatly shocked when she read the report as published in the local paper. The writer had been innocent enough, for his concluding sentence was, The lady lecturer on dress wore nothing that was remarkable, but the merry compositor inserted a period, which was left undisturbed by the proofreader, so that the published statement ran, The lady lecturer on dress wore nothing, that was remarkable. The poet, in a fine frenzy, dashed off a line that was really superb, see the pale martyr in his sheet of fire. The devilish compositor so tangled the words that, when the poem was published, this line read, See the pale martyr with his shirt on fire. The critic, in his review of the burlesque, wrote, The ladies of Prince Charming's household troops filled their parts to perfection. The compositor, in his haste, read in for the in the word parts, and the sentence, thus changed, radically in its significance, duly appeared in the morning paper. Values an American girl who married a Bavarian baron enjoyed playing Lady Bountiful among the tenants on her husband's estate. On the death of the wife of one of the cottagers, she called to condole with the bereaved widower. She uttered her formal expressions of sympathy with him in his grief over the loss of his wife, and she was then much disconcerted by his terse optimistic comment, but it's a good thing, your ladyship, that it wasn't the cow. Wives are to be had for the asking, cows are not. 
Vanity the fair penitent explained to the confessor how greatly she was grieved by an accusing conscience. She bewailed the fact that she was sadly given over to personal vanity. She added that on this very morning she had gazed into her mirror and had yielded to the temptation of thinking herself beautiful. Is that all, my daughter? The priest demanded. Then, my daughter, the confessor bade her, go in peace, for to be mistaken is not to sin. Victory that celebrated statue, the wing victory, has suffered during the centuries to the extent of losing its head and other less vital parts. When the Irish tourist was confronted by this battered figure in the museum, and his guide had explained that this was the famous statue of Victory, he surveyed the marble form with keen interest. Victory, is you tea? He said, Thin, Bigora, I'd like to see the other fellow. Or a report has come from Mexico concerning the doings of three revolutionary soldiers who visited a ranch, which was the property of an American spinster and her two nieces. The girls are pretty and charming but the ant is somewhat elderly and much faded, though evidently of a dawnless spirit. The three soldiers looked over the property and the three women, and then declared that they were tired of fighting, and had decided to marry the women and make their home on the ranch. The two girls were greatly distressed and terrified, but even in their misery they were unselfish. We are but two helpless women, they said in effect, and if we must, we bow to our cruel fate, but please oh, please spare our dear auntie. Do not marry her. At this point, their old maid relation spoke up for herself. Now, now, you girls you mind your own business. War is war. How do countries come to go to a war? The little boy inquired, looking up from his book. For various reasons, explained the father. Now, there was Germany and Russia. They went to a war because the Russians mobilized. Not at all, my dear. The wife interrupted. It was because the Austrians, toot, toot. My love, the husband remonstrated, don't you suppose I know, certainly not you are all wrong, it was be, 